Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Better Self Project. The Better Self Project is a podcast about self-improvement, self-development, and self-empowerment. We are here for busy adults who want to learn practical tips and strategies that will enable them to cultivate a better self. Without further ado, let's get into it. friends welcome to the show the better self project podcast my name is kyle i am your host and with me as always is the other host i'm pamela and today we're excited because we're going to be giving some tactics regarding exercising we're going to be talking about the three big pitfalls that i see people sometimes succumb to when they first start exercising these were pitfalls that i experienced as well when i first started my health journey we want to talk about what they are and give some clear ideas some easy ideas for how to avoid them as well so without further ado should we just get into it the first one pitfall number one doing too much cardio. I'm going to be a little bit more specific and say steady state cardio. So what do I mean when I say steady state cardio? Generally, when someone refers to steady state cardio, what they're talking about is the treadmill, walking on the treadmill, using the elliptical, using a stationary bike, even using a Stairmaster or using a row machine, but very low intensity when they do it. I also feel like it was really trendy for a while to go to the gym, especially as a female or female person to go to the gym and just do like hours on the treadmill. And honestly, what a waste of time and energy. I never felt better after that. I didn't feel like I had more energy. I didn't feel like it was doing me any good. And to be honest, turning my brain off and watching terrible daytime television and walking on the treadmill for a really long time wasn't really that fun. And it made it really hard to actually follow through with doing it. Yeah, it's almost counterproductive if you're just going to the gym to walk on the treadmill for hours at a time, like two hours a day or something. There are diminishing returns dependent on what your goal actually is. But when we refer to doing too much cardio, what I mean, what Pamela means, and what we're often talking about is doing cardio in isolation. Okay. And it's not to say that we're cardi, no. What are we, Pamela? We're cardi, yes, in certain circumstances. Cardio plays a role. The problem is people tend to overdo it because of preconceived misconceptions that people have regarding what they think doing lots of steady state cardio is going to do for them. So a lot of people assume that the only way to get smaller, get thin, lose a bunch of weight is to do a ton of monotonous steady state cardio. Like I said, it does have a role. You burn calories when you're doing steady state cardio. It elevates the heart rate, so you're burning calories. However... Most of the time, I'm trying to get people to engage in more strength training, more resistance training. Why is resistance training so important, Pamela? Because you got to get that lean tissue on your body. That's the thing. If you've listened to our podcast or you've engaged in any of our social media, you guys all know that we do not elevate smallness as the end goal. We talk about building in healthy habits to cultivate a healthier life. And a lot of the time when we're talking about that, we talk about building lean 
lean tissue, getting some muscle on your frame. It helps your body to run more efficiently. It makes you more capable of doing things. And you know what? Oftentimes, a byproduct of that is having a body and a frame that allows you to do those things. You can be more active. You can move your body better. It boosts your metabolism or can aid in your metabolism so that you've got a more efficiently running machine of a house that you get to inhabit. And and all of that is supported by having muscle on your frame. And for you to get muscle on your frame, you have to go outside of just only doing cardio, steady state cardio all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Cardio, again, what I said earlier, it elevates the heart rate, but it may not necessarily be enough stress to cause an adaptation that forces the body to gain that lean tissue. And that's the problem. That's why, you know, some people, they might lose a little bit of weight or body fat if they're doing cardio, but they may unfortunately still have a lot of adiposity on their frame. Even if they lose 10 pounds, they're not going to have any lean tissue. They've got more body fat than they do lean tissue, which isn't doing anything to aid their metabolic function and their metabolic output. Lots of big words. But Kyle, when you say stress, we're not talking about stress in the office. When you're talking about stress, you're saying causing a little bit of strain on the muscle, right? Because that's how you build muscle. It's a tiny little tear, a little bit of a break in that muscle so that it repairs and it builds bigger and stronger. Yep. Yeah. And we've talked about this before as far as stress goes. So when I say stress, I just mean the stress we place on the muscles when we lift weights and we're working to facilitate a contraction in the intended muscle group that we're working. So when I do a bicep curl, I'm trying to get a good contraction in my bicep, meaning there's a burning sensation. My muscle fibers are breaking down a little bit, but then they are going to repair themselves and we repair themselves with a good diet, good nutrition, plenty of protein, that sort of thing. But yeah, doing too much cardio does none of these things unless we're doing sprints. And sprints, a lot of times people don't really even consider that traditional cardio because it's a little bit more explosive. It's a little bit more intense. And sprints actually, if you look at sprinters, they have big muscular legs. It's one of the few cardiovascular activities that actually grows lean tissue. But everything else, if done in excess, it can actually do the opposite. It can break down the muscle tissue. That's why if you look at a marathon runner, oftentimes they don't have a ton of muscle on their frame because they pretty much run it all off. They may be in good shape cardiovascular wise. They may even be a healthy individual, their healthy body weight, all of those things, but they are generally not going to have a ton of lean tissue on their frame. And that's not to be disparaging of marathon runners. They just like to run. That's completely fine. Everybody has their physical fancy. Okay, and speaking of all of these things, speaking of bicep curls, what is pitfall number two? That was a fantastic segue. (laughs) Kudos to you, bravo. The second pitfall that I see people struggling with, and I have seen people do this, especially when we go to gin pop gyms, and you see a lot of people working out where you're going to see the general public working out. Pitfall number two is doing the same routine over and over and over again. Okay, so a good example or an easy example, let's say you're a guy and and you're not incredibly well-versed in exercising. You just don't know a ton of the exercises in a total body workout, right? So you might go to the gym, you're trying to get in better shape, you do the elliptical for 15 minutes, and then you do five sets of dumbbell bicep curls because we've all seen somebody do that, right? We all watched the action montages of the 80s, or at least I did over and over and over again. And you watch the guys doing the five sets of bicep curls, but it may not be very effective to go into the gym and do that every single day for the rest of eternity. 
society. Besides the fact that that sounds broy and lame, why is that not effective? Well, because you're only working your biceps and your biceps are a small part of your overall body. So this is why we see the really bad memes of the dudes with the really large arm muscles, but their legs look like chickens. Yeah, they got twigs for legs because they're not working their leg muscles. They skipped all the leg days. It's true. And it hurts my heart. It makes me cry inside when I see this. And aesthetically, they may enjoy the idea of having a bigger upper body to a lower body. And that's fair. They don't necessarily have to do leg exercises every single time they go to the gym either. You just want to split it up across the entire body. The body is essentially a house of cards. When you pull one out, it all falls. The body is the same way and operates under the same mechanisms. Everything is connected. So we can't neglect half of our body. We can't neglect the back of our body. We can't just focus, hyper-focus on the mirror muscles, the things that we can see contracting like biceps. That's the reason we do it. And guys are the worst offenders. I make fun of guys all the time, but we really are the worst offenders because we like being able to look in the mirror and see that contraction. We like to see what's happening. It's good for our brains. It lights something up in us and says, oh, I'm competent in doing a bicep curl because I can see my bicep engaging. Right. And you have different parts of your body that you use for different activities, right? And if you're somebody who is sitting at a desk constantly rotated forward with your back hunched over, staring at your screen or staring at your phone all the time, you got to work the backside of you. You got to get those muscles strong so that you have the strength and the bodily awareness to sit up tall. Strengthen those back muscles so that you do support your spine, so that you do support your posture, so you are supporting your body. Even though you have this job that is putting you in a position where you are constantly hunched over all the time. Think about the muscles that support you being able to have a better frame. As a hairdresser, when I was in cosmetology school, they taught us how vital it is to stand right. Not just because if you lean a little to one side, you're going to have a crooked haircut. But also, if you're going to do a job where you're standing all the time, you have to take care of your body. You have to take care of your arms. You have to take care of your wrists. You have to take care of your hips and your stance. I mean, that's your whole body is involved in being able to do this job. So if you have any job where you're standing, if you're a parent who is doing that job while standing, you have to think about the whole body needing that kind of strength. We talk a lot too about women in particular being at a higher risk for osteoporosis. Having more muscle on your frame, and I know we've talked about this before, but having more muscle on your frame also helps protect your bones, protects your joints. That adds longevity to your life. And durability. Because if you're just working the front, like you said, if you're hunched forward in front of your phone or your computer all day long, or you've got a job where your shoulders are internally rotated and then you go to the gym and you work everything in the front, you work your shoulders, your chest, your biceps, all you're doing is exacerbating the problem that you're in, which is that you're internally rotated and everything's tight in front and everything's being pulled in the back. So good rule of thumb, this is something they teach you when you get certified in personal training. If something is being pulled incessantly, like your hamstrings or your glutes or your lower back or your back in general, it's generally going to be a little bit weaker than everything that's tight on the front of it. So when we sit, our quads are activated. They're short They're in the shortened position, which means they're basically turned on slightly. They're slightly flexed and everything on the antagonistic side, the opposite side, is being pulled, which means it gets weaker over time. That's why people start to experience pain in their upper and lower backs. This is why people start to experience pain in their hips, in their hamstrings, in their knees. It's because everything's being pulled on the back of us and we're not doing anything to counter that by getting stronger in our posterior chain, which is everything behind us. Yeah, that's great advice. And if you guys ever have questions about what are 
other movements that you should have on your radar to be doing when you're doing any kind of strength training, please ask. You can hop onto our Better Self community group on Facebook, or you can email us, betterselfnutrition at Gmail. We're always happy to answer those questions. The other thing too that we were talking about earlier is diversifying in your exercise. You don't always have to just go to the gym and do steady state cardio or do the same routine over and over. I remember the first time that I took Kyle with me to yoga and we had a wonderful yoga session and just seeing your face light up, Kyle, when you were moving your muscles in ways that you hadn't in a while and increasing your awareness of the muscles that needed to be stretched out as they were repairing and the way your body could move versus the way that your body wanted to be able to move or grow in its movement. There are lots of opportunities to grow in your exercise practice outside of the gym. There are lots of other practices that engage your body, allow you to reconnect with your body and move your body. That can include yoga or swimming or playing actively on the playground with your kids. You don't have to just do the same thing over and over again. And that includes getting outside your comfort zone and trying some new ways of moving your body as well. Yeah, and two last points about exercising and working your entire body. You want to get really good at the foundational movements. So that includes the hinge or the deadlift, the squat. Those are the two big ones for the lower body. You want to work on your presses, whether it be horizontal or vertical, and your rows and your pull downs. These are the big compound core foundational movements that everybody should be doing in some variety or some variation. And the other point I wanted to make is generally it's better to do two to one pull to push. So for every push, you're going to do two pull variations. Most people need that extra pull variation to adequately work the posterior chain, everything in the back. So that leads us to pitfall number three. What is that pitfall to avoid? Yes. So pitfall number three is not being consistent or a lack of consistency. This is something that I think we've all fallen prey to at some point in our lives. It's not just exercise. It's anything in our life. Generally, if we want to get really, really good at something or we want to see the fruits of our labor, so to speak, we have to be consistent. If we're not consistent, then we just aren't going to see those results. And that's the most frustrating thing, right? If we're going to the gym once every three weeks for an hour, we're gung-ho, you know, that one day a week or that one day a month, we're not going to see the fruits of our labor. We're not going to see results. And that's because we haven't given our body a reason to respond. There's not enough adaptation that has occurred because we haven't done it enough. The body responds best to small incremental changes over time. And that includes being consistent with that too. So if we're getting acclimated to going to the gym and moving around a little bit and lifting weights a little bit at a time, and then we can add a little bit more and then we can add a little bit more. And it doesn't have to be this thing where we're constantly adding more, but we do have to stay consistent with it. We do have to engage in the process long enough so that we can see those results. We can see our body shifting and changing and gaining that lean tissue and adapting to the stress that we're putting it under. Okay. So like in layman's terms, you have to keep showing up. You have to keep showing up if you want to actually get stronger, because if you just go once in a great while, your body's not actually building that muscle. You're not building that strength, correct? Yeah. If you're not going consistently, then your body just won't adapt. It won't do what you want it to do. There won't be any resulting side effects that occur from going to the gym and putting in the effort. Yeah. Very little progress or no progress. Unfortunately, if we're really scattered when we go to the gym, we're only going maybe a couple of times per month. That's just not enough for the body to respond to. I also think back to when I first started working out at a particular gym and I would go to these strength training classes and they were hella intense. I wanted to be strong and I wanted to be tough. So I way overdid.
did. And then, you know, the day after, and especially the day after that, I was so sore. The kind of sore that you're scared to have to go to the bathroom because you know you're going to have to sit down. Oh, it's the worst. (laughs) Stairs hurt. Oh, it was terrible. And what do you think that did? It did not breed consistency for me. I hated how I felt the two days after. And then the next several days after that, I dreaded going back. I didn't want to. You were engaging in a routine that was just too brutal and it wasn't allowing you to be consistent because you were in such pain. Well, yeah. And then I would talk myself out of going back because I didn't want to not drink water and not pee for another couple days. (laughs) I fostered a terrible cycle of thinking that I had to overdo and then I would underdo. I didn't get any progress. I never felt stronger because I didn't set myself up well. I tried to do too much and then I did too little. The pendulum swang back and forth both directions. Yeah. And that just comes back to bite us, right? Yeah. So we've got to be consistent. So it's a good idea to establish some sort of a routine that we enjoy doing, maybe even doing a little less than we think we can in the beginning, just to build some empowerment and some confidence and some competence too, because we'll be getting good at lifting weights. We're going to be practicing those movements, those foundational movements. It's best to try to cultivate a routine that feels doable, something that you can weave into the fabric of your life that doesn't feel overwhelming and then stay consistent with that because then the results will come. If you develop those systems, the results will come as a byproduct of that by default. Right. And we were talking about this earlier too. It's not just about the end results of how your body might change or adapt, but about the fact that you're creating these new habits that add so much value to your life. When somebody asks me for a place to start and they're just so overwhelmed that they can't even think about walking out the door, we give them simple movements to start with or a 15 minute super easy yoga session with some meditation built in, just something so that they can build in the practice of taking time to care for their actual bodies because that's something they can stick with and something that feels doable regularly. All right. So just to recap, pitfall number one was doing too much cardio. So general rule, I would say only do 20 to 30 minutes max. You can even split that up before and after your workout if you want to. So you can do 10 minutes before and 10 minutes after as a cool down. Don't do hours and hours of cardio. It's counterproductive. Pitfall number two is doing the same exact thing every time you go into the gym. So we want to focus on the foundational movements, but we want to work our entire body. We don't want to neglect big chunks of our body or sides of our body, whether it be the front or the back. And pitfall number three is lack of consistency. So we want to try to develop a consistent routine that we enjoy doing. Maybe there's an added level of accountability. You've got a coach or you've got a workout partner or something that can help you stay consistent as well. There are plenty of apps where you can track your activity and your consistency. Consistency is almost everything. Once you get the first two down and you're being consistent with it, the body will change. That's just what it does. You'll get stronger and you'll feel stronger. You'll feel more capable and confident. And that's what this stuff is also about. I want to be stronger. I want to lift heavy stuff. And I want to feel good about how I show up for myself when I do it. So if you guys need help, especially with the consistency part or even just knowing where to start, that's what we're here for. Let us know how we can show up for you. Let us know how we can point you in the right direction. And if you really need that extra layer of accountability as far as sticking with your plan, that's what we do. Feel free to hit us up anytime. Yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap it up for today. If you would like to work with us, we'd love to work with you. Or if you just want to inquire, shoot us an email at betterselfnutrition at gmail.com. You can also go to our pretty website where we've got a bunch 
bunch of testimonials and things at betterselfnutrition.com. You can follow us on Instagram at betterselfnutrition and we've got a link tree there with all of our additional links and websites and things. We've got a ton of resources online. We're always churning these things out because we want to help people. That's our main goal. Hope you guys are having a wonderful day and a wonderful week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. We really do appreciate it. If you liked the podcast or you got something out of it, we would love to have you share it with your friends on your social media. Make sure to tag us. Yeah, and if you really want to help the podcast out and help us spread our message far and wide, you could help us enable the algorithm to show our podcast to many people by giving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. Talk to you later. Hey there, friends. We are very excited to announce that we are releasing and launching a brand new online course, our second online course on May 7th. This online course is a master class in meal prep for busy ass adults, because frankly, most of us are. We have compiled some of our most favorite tips, tricks, and strategies to help you feel better equipped for easy and sustainable meal prep. Yeah, that's right. It's a six-week intensive comprehensive course with resources, videos, and infographics, easy to follow infographics, that will help teach you how to become a master at meal prep. So if you ever find yourself struggling with preparing healthy food for the week or preparing healthy food for you and your family, you're just not sure what to make, or maybe you're not sure where to even start, well, this course is for you. (laughs) You made a really good face there. It is for you. This is a great starting place. There's also going to be an opportunity to participate in a community element. You'll have access to ask us questions and ask questions of other folks who are learning the same things alongside you. So if you're not quite ready for one-on-one coaching, this is a great place to start as well. Gives you some good tactical tips to start making more mindful and thoughtful choices with your food. We're going to be rolling out more information on our Instagram, so stay tuned and be sure to follow us over there at Better self-nutrition. All right, we'll see you later. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.